Welcome to Millennium Live, a digital diary podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Millennium Live. My name is Katie Perry, and today I'm joined with Ben Beetle Ribby, who is the co founder and vice president of Acasa Health. Thanks so much for being here today, Ben. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Katie. Really delighted to be here. Well, I'm delighted to have you. And before we jump in, do you mind just giving us a brief background on Acasa Health and really what your role is there? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Acasa, we are a company based out of the Bay Area in Silicon Valley that is dedicated to applying modern machine learning to automating functions that are performed manually out of the revenue cycle today. So we specifically serve hospital and health system providers across the country. It is exciting to actually be with you today because we just recently uh, changed our name and rebranded to Acasa. Um, We were formerly known as Alpha Health, so uh, some folks may be familiar with us as that, but that's a little bit of background on who we are, and I'm excited to spend our time on what we see in the market today when it comes to automation and machine learning and AI in the healthcare space. Absolutely. I know the past couple of years have been huge in the healthcare industry. So I'm curious, what challenges for you at Acasa Health are you trying to solve really in the healthcare revenue cycle? Yeah, it's a great question. And when you look at the revenue cycle over uh, the last 10, 15 years, there have been uh, so many efforts to improve and streamline operations from consulting to uh, bolt-on SaaS-based technologies, um, where we have really delivered a ton of value and differentiation for our clients is by helping them address some of the ongoing uh, challenges with the repetitive mundane work that happens across the revenue cycle by automating those workflows today. So what we effectively do is we observe uh, their existing work environments. Using our proprietary software, we're then able to learn how to autonomously do that and actually increase productivity, reduce error rates, And then ultimately, we are delivering as a a kind of virtual cloud-based machine learning agent for those groups. And what this effectively allows organizations to do is they are able to help elevate their existing staff so that they're working at the top of their license. It also allows them to redeploy those staff to more patient-facing financial activities. And then they have coverage in a streamlined, lower cost way of the work that needs to get done by ACASA. Wow. So that's a lot. But I am really curious why the revenue cycle? I mean, it seems there are so many opportunities for health in healthcare for really efficiency improvement. So my biggest question here is why the revenue cycle? Yeah, it's a great question. And there are a ton of opportunities for deploying automation across the healthcare ecosystem. But when we as an organization evaluated each and every one of them. What we we noticed and observed was that the revenue itself, the revenue cycles itself is incredibly complex and dynamic. Um, and it is actually one of the most challenging areas for organizations to get automation gains. The reason for that is that you have numerous different players in, in this space. So you're accommodating patients, their, their overall care needs, you have what's happening internally in your organization, and then you're dealing with all the different payers, insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid. And as a result, some of the basic forms of automation that have started cropping up in the last several years, things like robotic process automation, have not been effective in delivering value and tackling the needs of the revenue cycle. And so we actually wanted to tackle the biggest challenge out there. And that spans 
patient access and financial clearance, the mid-cycle in areas like coding and CDI, and then on the back end out of the business office, when you think about areas like billing, denials follow-up, um, what's, what's really tremendous is that we've had such success with our early customers across the country that they've actually said, hey, we want you to start looking into other areas beyond the revenue cycle. And um, what I'd first offer is there is a ton of work to be done in the revenue cycle. And we have remained incredibly focused on that. But at the request for our clients, we are starting to consider and evaluate areas like supply chain, like accounts payable, HR, IT. And so uh, one of the things that we're excited is we've proven ourselves in this most complex domain. And now there's going to be opportunities to deliver uh, significant value for our clients in other areas. That's great. So a lot of good things coming too when you've already developed such a great technology. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And so I'm curious, I know you've been in the arena for some time in consulting, now technology. Is there a difference for the provider? And if so, what is it? Yeah, it, Katie. So I think just for, for the audience, my, my background is that I have spent my career in healthcare services and technology. Uh, prior to ACASA, I was a partner at the advisory board company and really worked with both our consulting team and our technology resources. And when when organizations uh, look at kind of the spectrum of different services they can get from vendors out there, consulting is really going to be an opportunity to evaluate what your existing workflows look like and improve your process or train your staff to be more effective, right? And there are gains to be made in many ways uh, I think organizations that are really struggling with the basics can see some value out of that work stream. When you think about technology, kind of some of the, the legacy technologies in this space were um, what, what we like to think of as uh, staff augmentation tools. So workflow tools and dashboards and analytics that certainly uh, illustrate some of the needs and areas where they can keep improving their process. But what, what we found is that organizations still have to rely on their frontline staff to do the work and to do it accurately. And that's very tall order. So we're kind of at that far end of the spectrum where we're thinking about what can we actually take off of staff's plates in order to raise the bar of performance for organizations. And so automation goes beyond staff augmentation or analytics, and it is actually doing comprehensive tasks in the revenue cycle. Um, for us at Acasa, uh, our vertically integrated stack of technology that first starts by observing workflows, then leverages machine learning to autonomously perform those workflows with the ability for ongoing quality control. Together, we call that unified automation. And what, what it delivers for organizations is operational resilience that adapts to this ever-changing environment that we see in the revenue cycle. And it's it's essential if you're gonna get the gains that you're looking for from automation. So hopefully that's a, a helpful look at the different layers that are out there when it comes to uh, vendor landscape and what automation and unified automation is supporting those orgs with. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you bring up this idea of unified automation and it is really intriguing. So how does this address really the fear of automation for people? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think the number one fear that we hear about from 
health system CEOs and CFOs is that they are going to deploy something that they think will automate workflows and they're going to become increasingly reliant upon it to actually perform. But some of these, you know, kind of early forms, these infant forms of automation, like robotic process automation, are not fully delivering on kind of the vision that they're putting out there. And so I think the biggest fear that they have is I'm going to count on this delivering cost savings. And it's not, in fact, doing that. And it's part of the reason that unified automation, which takes a much more comprehensive approach, deploys uh, machine learning out of Silicon Valley from some of the world's most talented engineers from the likes of Google and Facebook. It is giving organizations peace of mind that when they turn over work to ACASA and our machine learning agent to get that work done, it will be completed in a timely, consistent, and accurate way. And that's what these organizations are looking for. And and that is where we as an organization have, have sought to not only dispel that fear and give them confidence, but deliver the results so that they have those gains that recur year over year. Wow. So I hate to bring it up because I feel like we all want to forget about 2020, but I do need to mention it. So 2020 brought so many challenges for everyone, but specifically the patients, the providers, and the vendors. So I'm curious, what did the pandemic really mean for your customers? And were you able to adapt to meet to meet their new needs or maybe additional needs? Yeah. Um, you know, as we reflect on the last year, what, what a, a challenging experience it was for, for us as a country, uh, people around the world, uh, tragic in many ways. And we feel so fortunate to have been serving the, the organizations that are on the front lines, delivering the care and supporting communities across the country in navigating this challenging pandemic. What we found with our provider clients, so uh, health systems, large medical groups, is that this was all consuming for them. They had to deploy certain task force and um, organizations that were actually saying, how do we stand up vaccination clinics? How do we accommodate this new influx of patient types? And all the while, they had to deal with the loss of spe- specific volumes like elective surgeries that are really critical to them. And so organizations were faced with a myriad of challenges. If I was to summarize what it meant to them, it was A, that they needed their existing resources to take on new and different ta- uh, tasks that they hadn't previously had to think about. And B, that a lot of organizations experienced uh, revenue loss. So they had much lower revenues and that challenged their already razor thin margins. And so where they were, our clients were able to lean on us was to say, hey, because we need to deploy resources elsewhere, we need to rely on a CASA to pick up the slack and use your automation to support us so we can make those resources available. That was one great outcome. Number two is that as organizations shifted staff from working in a physical office to a, a remote environment, they actually experienced a decrease in staff productivity. And that's totally understandable given all the logistical challenges. But it's also where ACASA said, we can rise to the occasion. And we actually saw our productivity pick up. And and then the last piece was that um, we we heard these really kind of horror stories uh, of organizations that were forced to, to consider 
letting go of staff or furloughing staff because their revenues were so depleted. And for the organizations that we were working with, because we'd taken on such broad swaths of work for them, they had already redeployed and reallocated their staff to other areas and weren't forced to make those difficult decisions. And so um, at the end of the day, this was a year that was just so challenging for everyone, but we as an organization felt so moved that we could live up to our mission in helping these mission-driven organizations uh, do what they do best and, and provide high quality care amidst this pandemic. So, um, Well, that's absolutely amazing. I'm glad that you did have some good outcomes and some good light into pr- a pretty dark year for most people, especially in the healthcare industry. Yeah, thanks. I just have one more question and then we'll get on to a much brighter note. You did mention remote working and most of our country went into remote working. Were you able to deploy remotely? Yeah, it, gosh, it's been such a, a huge shift uh, for us as a country in all environments. Um, but for hospitals and health systems, by shifting uh, administrative staff and, and revenue cycle staff to work from home, it did create an additional challenge in that they um, weren't able to deploy automation because traditional automation has relied on teams of consultants coming on site, doing in-depth process mapping and shadowing. And it is where our overall approach and solution actually shined during the pandemic because all of our uh, deployments of automation at ACASA are done remotely. So we're able to capture all the work that staff are doing, whether it's and a home environment, in a coffee shop, or or in uh, on site at, at their location, and we're still able to take that rich data set and create unified automation, ultimately delivering the long term value. And so, it's something that uh, I think organizations are increasingly going to be saying, even in a post pandemic environment, where. They don't want to have to deal with the disruption of consultants coming on site or taking up their team's precious time with those activities. Instead, at Acosta, what we're able to do is your staff should continue their normal workflow. We'll capture that and use it to spur us on to automating those workflows and functions. So I'm curious, I want to bring it to a little bit of a lighter note. So do you find that your clients are finding benefits to realizing they can leverage automation in the healthcare revenue cycle of operations? Yeah, I mean, they are. um, I I think this is a lighter note because it is something that is genuinely exciting for health system leaders is to think about how, how can you alleviate some of the burdens that exist for our staff across the board and allow us to focus on our number one mission, which is uh, serving patients and delivering high quality care. And so uh, it's been amazing to um, see some of the, the re- reactions and results with our clients, uh, you know, organizations that have kind of said, wow, this feels like magic. Uh, we've been trying to tackle this or achieve this for years. Um, so it's where the, the comprehensive approach and the deployment of modern machine learning has delivered significant value and benefit for our clients such that they're saying, hey, we, we, we can't just stop at a particular area within the revenue cycle. We want to expand these uh, opportunities to, to all the opportunities in the revenue cycle. And those most progressive organizations are saying, we, we need to expand beyond the revenue cycle. We want to look to those other areas. And, and um, what is 
really exciting to share in, in this um, meeting here today with you, Katie, is uh, for, for those folks that have been tracking us, we just had a major announcement a couple days ago. Um, we raised our Series B um, fundraise, uh, our round of, of capital. So we've taken on an additional $60 million in capital, which enables us to bring on more resources to meet the needs of our, our clients and continually expand our efforts and deliver even faster results. And so it's where we think that unified automation has a place uh, at every health system to help them with some of their mission critical goals. That's absolutely wonderful. And it looks like you have an exciting few months and future ahead of you. Thank you. Definitely. So I'm sure there are some healthcare providers that are looking to elevate automation for their revenue cycle because they have not done it yet. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah. Um, for, for organizations that are considering um, revenue cycle automation, and, and what I can share uh, from a survey that we recently conducted is that there is an increasing percentage of organizations that are seeing revenue cycle, automation in the revenue cycle is no longer like a, a nice to have idea, but really a need to have, something that they have to pursue. And for those organizations, they should first make sure that they are um, evaluating where they see opportunities in their organization based on what their existing um, spend looks like, where they think there's the greatest opportunities to carve out some of those dollars and uh, achieve some of those efficiencies. And then as they are connecting with um, different solutions in the market where they may be able to get some of this, I think I would uh, make sure that they are spending a lot of time educating themselves on the different kind of tiers of automation that are out there. Uh, there are so many phrases that are thrown out. We've got AI, we've got machine learning, we've got robotic process automation. It's like the alphabet soup of automation. And, uh, you know, some of the things that we have seen um, and heard firsthand from groups that uh, really looked into some of these opportunities early on is an area like robotic process automation, while it has merit for organizations, um, they're finding that the bots that are built there have to be programmatically built by um, talented engineers, that they only follow very linear, stagnant workflows. And if anything changes in those workflows, those bots break and they're kind of rendered useless. And so as a result, it's where Unified automation has come to bear in order to create something that is much more adaptable, that is continuously responding to the uh, ever-changing uh, ecosystem that we see with patients, payers, providers, um, and all the different services that they're doing. And so I think that that's what I would do it is evaluate the areas of opportunity in your organization, get smart on the different forms of automation out there, and then ultimately identify the goal that you have to achieve so that you can select the right solution for, for achieving those results. That's great. Well, that's a lot of great information and some great yeah. advice. So I don't want to keep you too long and I just have one final question for you. Okay. What do you think the future looks like for healthcare revenue cycle operations? This is a, a great question. And I, I, I love uh, the opportunity to look into the crystal ball and uh, try and project where we're going to be five, 10 years from now. And we are at an inflection point as an industry. Uh, you, you could look back on the last 20, 30 years of the revenue cycle and 
a lot of the work that has been done there historically has largely remained the same. Organizations have gotten much better at it. We have deployed select technologies and bolt-ons, uh, improved our uh, workflows, but we have seen the results really plateau. So organizations have notched the lowest AR days and they can't incrementally gain much more. They've reduced their initial denials rate um, and they have tried to, to lower their costs further and further. In a future state, organizations are gonna be leaning heavily into the capabilities of machine learning and a solution like unified automation to take it to the next level such that they're finally gonna be able to bend the cost curve in a meaningful way. And organizations that were previously very heavy manual organizations requiring um, lots of experts to do different things uh, across the revenue cycle, different tasks, functions, activities, are now going to be able to rely on machine learning to perform many of those activities. And then they'll really leverage a, a select set of advanced level staff that is managing both human resources as well as unified automation in order to perform the same work. I think one of the things that we keep hearing from health system executives is how can we do more with less? And that's the age old challenge. Well, across the next several years, organizations are finally going to be able to accomplish that. And at the end of the day, what that allows them to do is invest their dollars into their care. And that's where healthcare dollars should be spent. Well, that's great. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for the next five, 10 years. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ben. It was wonderful learning about Acasa Health and I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it. And I hope to see you again. Me as well. Thanks so much for having me, Katie. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and be sure to check out our other episodes. You can listen on Apple, Google, or Spotify. Be sure to subscribe. And for more information, you can visit mill-all.com.